Welcome to Activate Church Podcast and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. Anyway, we were at Schnitz, right? And um, so we're lining up. And I'm sure that the woman who was serving us was lovely. And I'm sure that she was very good at her job. But on this particular day, customer service was not at the top of her priority list, right? So we, um, I'm pretty sure that she had finished, um, that she had finished my order and gone on to the next person and to take their order before my payment had even processed, right? Like it was, it was quick. There's usually the customary, hi, how are you going? And then they take your order. And then afterwards you get the, thanks very much. Take your number, grab your seat and we'll bring your food to you. There's usually some of that. There was none of that on Tuesday. This woman was obviously in quite a rush. Um, and that's fine. We went to take our seats and, um, you know, people's food started to come out. And then more food started to come out until uh, Sarah and I were, um, Dave's wife Sarah and I were sitting there and everyone else had their food except for us. So we're wondering, do we go and ask where it is? And then they reassured us that it was coming out to which um, a couple of minutes later, Sarah's food came out minus the chips, which is always a big deal, but we kept a cool. And then my meal came out, but instead of being a wrap with honey mustard, it was a roll with relish. And... Usually I'm not one to send things back and I I don't like complaining. I feel a little bit awkward about it. And the roll I could deal with, but the relish, I don't really like tomato. I'm a little bit fussy. So I wasn't so keen on the relish. So I asked them if they could take it back and um, make a wrap with honey mustard as I'd asked for. Now, I couldn't help but sit there and realise that what had happened was that the, the woman at the time, she was busy, but what was convenient for her at the time had ended up compromising the outcome. Right Now, this might be a bad time to tell you that later we realised it was actually Pastor Dave who had taken my meal and that was the reason for the mess up in the first place. And I've got to be honest with you that that happened. But isn't it true that so often we do, we do prioritise convenience and we end up compromising the outcome? We are in love with convenience as humankind, right? It's the reason why dishwashers work. It's the reason why they're so successful. I'm looking to move out at the moment and... I said one of the things that we need in our house is a dishwasher because it's so convenient, right? But sometimes when we do prioritise convenience, we end up compromising the outcome. Think about how hard maybe you've found it at different times in your life to set up a consistent Um, a consistent uh, meeting time with God, to consistently pursue Him and pursue a relationship with Him, to spend time with Him every day and to spend time in the Word, reading reading His Word, reading the Bible each day. Why? Because it's not convenient. It's not convenient, but we end up compromising the outcome. I um, almost feel like I needed to like slip um, Pastor Dave Barnes a little bit of money or something because he's Sunday 7, which was awesome, by the way. Can we give him a hand as he goes out to to fulfill his role as father to look after his children? Um, you know, he, he did such a great job, but his message was actually the perfect lead into what we're talking about today because it's not convenient what he does. But if he didn't do that, we wouldn't have a kid's ministry, right? It's actually not that convenient to serve God's house, but he's asked us to do it and we see the outcome is worth it. 
we're going to um, have a look at a scripture from Luke in a minute. Um, but before we do that, just a little bit of context. So Jesus has started his ministry, but he hasn't actually um, called his disciples yet. He hasn't actually called any of his disciples to come and follow him. And we're going to look at when he called his first disciple. And it's a story um, about Peter, um, who at this point is still referred to as Simon or Simon Peter. Um, but it is yeah about Peter, and we'll refer to him that way. Um, and at this point, Jesus had actually known Peter for about a year or so, um, but it wasn't until this point that, that Peter went and he followed Jesus um, as a disciple. So we're going to have a look at that now. And I, I actually love this story because Peter wasn't somebody that prioritised convenience, and I think we can learn so much from him. So in Luke 5, verse 1 to 11, it says, On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, speaking about Jesus, he was standing by the lake of Genesaret. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, if we toiled all night and took nothing, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid, for now, from now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to the land, they left everything and followed him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are such a good God. And God, tonight we pray that you open our hearts to share something with us, to show us something new. Reveal yourself in a new way to us tonight, God. Lord, I pray that each person in here will take something away from tonight that they can um, use, that our hearts will be transformed by your, loving, by your loving power tonight, Father. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. You know what, in um, 2006, there was a documentary, and some of you might have seen it, some of you might not have heard of it, but this documentary was called An Inconvenient Truth. Now, this documentary essentially was trying to show people the way that our convenience, our convenience now and our choices that we're making now are essentially killing our planet in a way that we um, know of as global warming, right? And they're trying to paint this picture for us and show us a vision of a better future, show us a vision of if we made better choices, the outcome that we could then have, the better outcome. But to actually achieve that vision requires action, right? And the man um, behind all of this um, documentary said this, the solutions are in our hands. We just have to have the determination to make it happen. You see, it's our own choices that are causing the damage and the ability to change it is actually in our hands. But we're so committed to convenience that it's actually a vision that's really hard to achieve. You see, convenience will kill our planet, but convenience will also kill God's call for your life. Convenience will kill um, the, the ability for God to be able to outwork his vision and his plan and purpose in your life. Andy Stanley defines vision this way. He says, a clear, it is a clear mental picture of what could be, fueled by the conviction that it should be. 
So a clear mental picture of what could be, fueled by the conviction that it should be. See, vision is just looking at a preferred outcome. But the thing is, is that our own commitment to the convenience is killing our effectiveness to actually be able to outwork that, to be able to see his vision in our lives outworked and to see the very thing that we were created for actually happen, right? I think that I speak for everyone when I say that I don't want to be more committed to my relationship with convenience than I am to my relationship with God and than I am to actually seeing him outwork his vision in our lives. You see, if his, if his purpose grips your heart, you won't wait until it's convenient. It actually wasn't convenient for them. It wasn't convenient for, um, for them to, to follow Jesus in that moment. I mean, I don't know if you noticed, but they were actually packing up their nets. It said we had toiled all night, meaning they had been out fishing all night. They'd had a long night's fish, a long night's work. They were tired. They were cleaning up, probably looking forward to going home and having a good sleep, right? For all those nurses, imagine coming back from a night shift, right? It's, it's not really the most convenient time for Jesus to come up and be like, hey guys, can you lend me a hand? You know, it's not a convenient time for Jesus to come up and ask to use their boat as a pulpit. But when they said yes to that first step of letting Jesus use the boat as a pulpit, it then led them to being in the position where they could then say yes to the next step, which was Jesus asked them to go out to catch the fish. And that led to incredible blessing. You see, if someone made a cake, right, a beautiful, amazing cake, the best tasting cake that there ever was, and you can tell I'm a sweet tooth because we're talking about cake now, all right, we, if somebody made that for me and then they invited me to come over to their house but I said no, the cake would still exist, right, but I hadn't taken the necessary steps to enjoying the blessing of eating that cake, yeah? Well, it's the same for Peter in this example. He could have said no, He could have said no and he would have missed out on the blessing that was there for him, but he didn't. He said yes and he responded. He had built a a relationship of trust with Jesus and he trusted him. I actually love this scripture that we looked at because there's something really interesting that happens. You see, Peter went in a fisherman to this experience, but he left a disciple. There's something so interesting that happens in this interaction. He knew Jesus prior, but there was something new that was revealed to him about Jesus in this moment where he saw him as Lord. There was something that gripped his heart. There was a purpose that gripped his heart. See, the truth is, is that being fishers of men isn't just for Peter. It's not just for the disciples, but we are all called to be disciples of Christ. We are all called to be fishers of men. It's actually something that this is so relevant for us because it's something that we are all called to. No matter what area you find yourself in, we are all called to do ministry in some form. It's actually not something that's just for people working in church or just for those people. It's something that in each of our lives, no matter what area or occupation you find yourself in, whether you're at uni, whether you're at work, we are all called to do ministry. Pastor Ben did preach a message on this a couple of months ago, and you can find the podcast for that if it is something that you are wanting to find out um, more about as well. But we are all called to that, to share the gospel, to share the good news about Jesus, that we have a God that loved us so much that he sent his one and only son to come and die on a cross for us, to take our place, as Matt was talking about in communion, so that he could have relationship with us, about a God of love. It is good news, and we have the responsibility 
when it catches our heart to share that and to do something with the call that he places on our, on our lives. You know, it was probably the best catch of their lives. Like, it's not like there was just a few fish. The boats were sinking. They could have made a fortune off this catch. But it doesn't say that they came in and then they took it to the market so that they could sell enough to financially back themselves up while they went and followed Jesus. It doesn't say that they went and sold it for themselves and then thought this was the best movement of our career, so we're just going to keep going and trying our fishing business for a little bit longer. It doesn't say that they went and sold anything, but they left it all behind. They could have made probably, I'm just giving a wild guess, but maybe, you know, half a year's wage out of this. They could have got a lot out of that, but they left it all behind. So you've got to ask yourself, why? What is it about, what is it about this What is it about what happened that actually caused them to leave everything behind? You see, the thing is they found something that was worth everything that they had. It reminds me of the story in Matthew 13 where Jesus is speaking and he's teaching to the people and he says that the kingdom of heaven is like a man who finds treasure in a field and he goes and sells everything that he has so that he can buy that field. He found something that was worth everything that he had. And Peter found in that moment, the kingdom gripped his heart. And he was, he, it wasn't convenient, but it was a priority because he found something that was worth everything that he had. Now, I am a self-proclaimed procrastinator. Ask anyone in the office today, even on one um, sentence, I'm saying, I need to do this reading and I need to get this post done by this afternoon. On the other hand, I'm saying, hey guys, talk to me, talk to me. I don't want to do my reading, talk to me. I will procrastinate wherever possible, right? But the thing is, is procrastination is always a trap because whatever you leave will still be there later. Procrastination is always a trap. And I really feel like we shouldn't put off till tomorrow what can be started today and what should be started today. It's not going to be convenient. And I, I hate to be the bearer of this news at this point, but it's actually not going to become convenient for you. It's not convenient based on your age. It's not convenient based on your life stage. It's not going to become convenient based on your job or your income bracket. It's not going to become convenient when life becomes a little less busy. It's not going to become convenient, but it is worth everything that we have. And I'm not saying that we should go and leave everything like Peter did in this story. I'm not saying that you need to give up your job. I'm not saying that you need to make some drastic change in this moment. But what I am saying is that we need to be ready to respond to Jesus when he calls and to respond in the way that he asks us to. It wasn't convenient for Abraham to leave with no direction of where to go except for God's word. It wasn't convenient for Noah to start building an ark when everyone probably thought he was crazy. It wasn't really convenient for Moses to go and face Pharaoh to, to free the Israelites. All of these people, it wasn't convenient. Think about Jesus. It certainly wasn't so convenient for him to die a death on a cross, a painful and shameful death on a cross in our place. It wasn't convenient. But imagine if these people had prioritised convenience over the outcome. Imagine how different our lives would be now. Now, I want everyone to uh, go with me here. And we're going to pretend that Wonturna has become a really popular tourist destination. Now, I know it's a bit of a stretch of the imagination, but we're going we're gonna to try. We're going to work out our imaginations right now. Because not only has Wonturna become a popular tourist destination, but uh, Activate Church has actually become one of the top places within Wonturna that people want to visit when they come to visit Australia, right? So, 
I'm, I'm using this example because everyone being here tonight, I'm assuming that you have some idea of how to get here and that's important for this illustration. So we're going to pretend that we're actually all tour guides and um, we are tour guides that are taking people from Knox to activate church, okay? And you have a foreigner in your group and you know that to get here, you have to turn left, right? But some foreigner in your group starts saying, no, 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 it's right, it's right, turn right. You're like, no, I've been there before. You've never been there. Like, I know it's left. So you go left and then you keep going and then you go to turn left again. It's very easy, left, left and left. Yep, and they go, it's actually straight. We're not meant to turn left, we need to go straight. You're like, we actually, just let me guide you. I know where we're going. The thing is, is that God wants to guide us, but so often we don't let him. So often he tells us to go one way and we say, oh, no, 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 I think it's this way. But God is the guide. He is the tour guide of our lives. We have to let God be involved in the process. You see, how silly would it be to try to follow God's plan for our lives without actually involving him in the process? But the truth is, we tend to do it all the time. Where God calls you, he will provide room for you. See, the thing that I actually love (laughs) about this is I think that Jesus gets a little bit dramatic, right? Like it's, I mean, they had been out all night, which was the best time to fish, right? And they caught nothing. They come in and then, you know, for Jesus to come out, tell them to put their, their nets down, for them to catch just a few fish would have been a miracle. But he doesn't do that. It's not a few. He starts sinking the boats. They needed two boats and he sunk both of them with fish, right? I think he's getting a little bit dramatic. But what this demonstrates is that God is the Lord of creation. He is the Lord of everything, both on the, earth, on the land, in the, in the ocean, of the land and the ocean themselves. He is the Lord of creation and the Lord of all. And I want to encourage you with this because... There, there were no fish there at night, but when Jesus told them to go out, even though it was the most unlikely time to find fish, there was an abundance. There wasn't just a few, there was an abundance. And we serve a God of hope. We serve a God that brings something out of nothing. And I want to encourage you, if it seems like you're in a situation where it seems dead, where it seems like there's nothing there, where you're trying to, you know, you're trying to catch the fish and there's nothing, I want to encourage you that we have a God that brings something out of nothing, that brings the dead to life. And he can do that in your situation and he is a God of hope. You see, Jesus told them where to go. He told them when to do it and he told them what to do. He was involved in every part of the process. Jesus actually provided the way, but it was up to them to respond. And thank goodness they responded with yes. He will provide the way, but we need to be ready to respond when he calls. You see, for all we know, Peter may have had high dreams for Simon Peter's fishing business. Maybe that's what he wanted to do. Because I can tell you this, Peter didn't see himself leaving to become a disciple of Jesus that day. His career was as a fisherman. That's what he knew. That's what he was good at. His career, what he saw himself doing was to be a fisherman. And then in comes Jesus, this carpenter turned teacher and says to him, go put your nets out. I mean, really, it sounds like a terrible idea, right? To to a fisherman, that would make no sense. And we can see that Peter does consider. We can see that he does consider. He says, master, we toiled all night and we caught nothing. But he says, master, at your command, I will put down the nets. And he, he shows us that even though he considered it, he chose to take a position of trust and to trust Jesus in that moment. 
But in that, he actually had to hand over control to Jesus because it was something that went beyond what he thought was reasonable, something beyond um, what made sense to him. And so in that, he was handing over control to Jesus. He was giving everything that he was over to him. You see, he likely had part of his identity wrapped up in being a fisherman. Who knows that so often we can wrap our identity up in what we do. So often we see that as part of who we are. But in this, through opening his heart, Peter's identity was changed from being a fisherman to a disciple of Jesus. I want to encourage people here as well tonight that, you know what, yes, Jesus was a carpenter, but he knew a lot more about fishing than Peter did. Yeah? I don't know what you might be struggling with in this place tonight. I don't know whether maybe there's issues at work. I don't know whether maybe there's relational issues. But what I can tell you is that Jesus knows more about each of these things than you do. He knows more about your job than you do. He knows more about relationships than you do. And if we let him guide us and be part of the process, then he can move in in an incredible way. You see, was it convenient for Peter? No, it wasn't convenient for him, but the return was great. The return was great. And he found something that he could invest into that was worth everything that he had. I mean, if we're going to weigh up catching fish versus, you know, sharing the love of God and helping people to actually find freedom in him. I mean, if we're going to put them on a scale or something, I think we know which one's going to win. And we probably don't really need to say anything more than that. God will prepare the way, but will you position yourself to follow? It's no secret that life can get busy, right? And when people say to me, oh, how are you going? And I say, yeah, good, busy, but good. You know, I, to be honest, I actually hate hearing those words come out of my mouth. And I'm like, yes, of course, it's busy, la, 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 life's busy, right? I hate hearing those words come out of my mouth, but it's true. It is true. The pace of life is busy. Everyone's busy. It doesn't really matter what life stage you're in. Each life stage creates its own demands that are busy, The thing is, it's so easy for us to say no, but we see that Peter, he was busy. He was cleaning up. He was done. He was busy, but he chose to say yes. It's so easy to say no, but we need to be ready to respond when he calls. Through Peter's obedience, he actually positioned himself in a place to receive the blessing that God had for him. And not only to receive that blessing, but to receive guidance, to receive direction. And I wonder if there's people here tonight that are calling on God for direction, but we're not ready to inconvenience ourselves for God to move and show us, show us the way and show us the process to get there. See, he could have missed the miracle that led to his life being changed, but he didn't. (laughs) I, as a child, was, um, I don't know if the term would be fisher child, it's not really fisher man when you're a child. I was a pretty keen fisher child, right? So my brother and I used to go out. I quite enjoyed putting on the bait was fine, catching a fish. We loved it. Now, uh, not so much. Um, The idea of bait is not as appealing as it was when I was younger. The idea of holding a fish and seeing the hook through its mouth, not quite as appealing as it was when I was younger. Something changed in there. But when I see in this that Peter knelt on the fish in the boat, like it was sinking and he knelt before Jesus. When I picture that in my mind, you know, I know that I know that Peter was a fisherman. I know that he had a you know, he touched fish and it's okay. He probably didn't really mind them. But when I think of that, I reckon I would have been like, sorry, just <laughs> let me clear clear it some way so I can kneel before you. Like, let me just get rid of some of the fish. Or 
you know, let's just, this, this isn't convenient right now. Let's just wait until we get onto land and then I can kneel before you where it's a little bit cleaner. You know, but it, it makes me think, is there something that is stopping you, that is delaying you from coming before God and letting him move in your life? Is there something that is stopping you or delaying you? See, Peter had an open heart for God to move and we can see that in his obedience and his servant heart toward Jesus. In 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9, it says this, it says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You see, God actually searches the land for the open heart. And when he does, he's able to strengthen them and he's able to, he's able to strengthen the heart that is fully committed to him. We need to leave our hearts open to allow God room to, to, to change us. We need to leave our hearts open, but we need to do that through positioning ourselves in a place of obedience and trust. When we ask him to use us, when we pray to him, God, use us, right? I think we honestly mean it, but what we need to understand is there's actually a life that's attached to that, to that request, right? We, say, we pray, use us, but we actually need to open our hearts to let God use us. And that's not always going to be convenient. See, as Pastor Dave was talking about before, everyone has a purpose and we all have an individual purpose. You know, even um, if you're here tonight and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, I want you to know that I fully believe that God has a purpose for your life. You have been made for a purpose. You have been created for a purpose by a Creator and He has a purpose for you. He loves you so much that He sent His Son to die on the cross for you that you could know Him and have relationship with Him. And so it doesn't matter if you're here and you call yourself a Christian or you don't. God has a purpose for your life, an individual purpose, but He's also called us to other purposes. And I love the way that Pastor Dave was saying, you know, I've got this individual purpose, but it's not my whole life because I'm actually called to be a father. I'm actually called to be all these different things. And as Christians, we are all called to be generous. We are all called to make disciples of Jesus. We are all called to be fishers of men. We are all called to share the good news of the gospel, to share that Jesus died for us, to share his love and that he has a purpose for people. You see, it wasn't the disciples' will (laughs) to leave and to go and to be fishers of men, right? Initially, it wasn't their will, but when they opened their heart, their will bended to God's will. And it became their will. It became what they wanted to do because something gripped their heart. It wasn't convenient, but they positioned themselves to follow. And, you know, I'm not going to stand here and tell you that it's all going to be easy. I'm not going to stand here and say, don't worry, guys. You know, God's just going to prepare everything and it's going to be easy. He will prepare the way. But even when it's not easy, He's a God that says He will never leave you and He will never forsake you. And we can trust Him at His word. You see, I think so often we do see inconvenience as a bad thing. We see inconvenience as someone's like, oh, inconvenience, stay away. You can, inconvenience can stay on that side and I'm just going to live over here, right? But we also see growth as a good thing. We're always talking about growth and how great growth is. The truth is you can't have one without the other. You can't have growth without inconveniencing yourself. So position yourself to be inconvenienced. Position yourself to get out of your comfort zone. It's an inconvenient truth, but it's worth everything that we have. We trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website, 
www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.